Welcome to the Lager Tops Podcast with Remy, Jimmy and Maya. This week we're going to be talking about craft. What is it? What does it mean? And what has it done? And it's the return of the beer lover versus beer hater, as well as a little review of Wildcard Brewery's table beer. I'm very excited. Jimmy, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. I've just finished a lovely bottle of Tombridge Kentish Ales Old Chestnut, which is an exceptionally malty beer. If I could use one word to describe it, it would have to be nutty. I, I did have it with like a lemon chicken dinner, so it didn't really, those two kind of, as a food pairing, dark malty brown beer and yellow chicken and potatoes isn't exactly go hand <laughs> in hand. It's not written on the label, is all I'm saying. So that did maybe impair the taste slightly. Where did you get it from? Because I've only ever seen that on cask in a pub in Kent. A farm shop. But yeah, I had a go. they had a load of Tombridge beers, so I kind of thought I'd get a few. Tried, sampled them. They're quite nice, actually. What about you guys? You been up to much? Drinking much? Um, not been particularly up to much. Obviously, at the time of recording, we are still in lockdown. Have been drinking a lot of cider. So my two recommendations from this week are one that I bought from Tesco that I believe to be called Secco, like S-E-C-C-O, and it's branded as a craft Italian cider, and it honestly tastes like sparkling wine. <laughs> sure it's not Prosecco? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say it tastes like a mix between a perry and a sparkling wine, but it is made with apples. Probably similar to a baby sham. How big is the bottle? It's like... Like, like a 500 mil. It's a 500 mil bottle. I think if you gave me half a litre of Prosecco, I'd be quite <laughs> fed up of that taste by the end of it. But I mean, in principle, that sounds lovely, but in small amounts. Well, we got it from Tesco. It's in their like three for five pound offer. Cider section. Yeah, I'd give it a try. And then I also was drinking a cider from Normandy that I cannot remember the name of. I think the man's name was André Jalbert. André Jalbert. So yeah, I've been having quite a, a cider-heavy week. Did also have a lovely Mullabrow Radler earlier lovely. this evening as the sunset. What about you, Rem? Yeah, I'm all right. You know, watched the rugby. That was good. Because you do. sound fucking miserable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm well, thank you. Going well. Went for a few walks. And then when we were at the shop this weekend, I was like, let's give Guinness Original a little bit of a badger. So I bought a crate of that. A crate? Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bought 12. I got through seven on Saturday. But it, I actually quite enjoyed it. It's definitely a bit stronger. And I would say it's kind of more similar to some porters I've drunk. What I would say about it is it's not as smooth. And also it does not agree with my wind movements. <laughs> Your bottom was very vocal. <laughs> my bottom was very vocal and it was very smelly. It was not. A, a few... A few... Bum sneezes. Nice. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, it was a bit uh, unpleasant in patches. What percent is it? Because it's export strength, isn't it? No, is it... so this is the weird thing. It's only like 4.1%. So I think this is, in, in, is in, in what I would call the kind of the, I don't even know how you describe it, the kind of African continental export version, isn't it? But it's not export strength. Or is this... No, so you, there's, you muddled. So, so they've got Guinness Export, yep. which is the one you're talking about. Then they've got Guinness Original, yep. which is the one I'm talking about, which is supposedly an earlier recipe of Guinness. Then there's Guinness. Then they've also got a Dublin Porter. And a West Indies Porter. And the West Indies one, yeah. And the West Indies one, again, is similar to the... I've never actually had export, but I'm assuming it's a bit similar. I think it's like fizzier, almost, if that yeah. makes sense. It's not as nitrogen heavy. No. Do you know what I really like is the Guinness Golden Ale. 
I think that is a great beer. I have never actually had that. Have you not? You never see it on draft. I've only ever had it on draft once in this country, and that was in a, I mean, basically a brothel in Sheffield, for lack of a better word. <laughs> well, okay. It was in a cheap hotel in the red light district in Sheffield. So read into that. I didn't realise Sheffield had a red light district. Oh, it, yeah, it does. <laughs> and Ooh, why were you staying there? For work, obviously. <laughs> We didn't realise when we booked it that it was the red light district. And by the time we got there, it was too late to move. (laughs) We stayed for one night and we left. (laughs) And it was a Tuesday. (laughs) Would you say the Guinness Golden Ale is better in Ireland or in in the UK? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Okay, so shall we kind of crack on with... What the craft, as I'm calling this. Yeah, and um, o- open some beer. Yes. Yeah. So we kind of approach this because obviously craft beer is the main badger in town and it kind of has been over the past like 15 years in the UK. And it's definitely had a massive impact on beer culturally and the market as a whole. But I was thinking the other day, I thought, what the chuff does craft actually mean? So I thought we could kind of explore it and then we'll, we're going to have a little quiz once we've got some definitions and then after that we can talk about the kind of cultural context of what crafts brought to the uk and some other bits and bobs like that so craft beer what does it actually mean my trusty copy of the world atlas of beer by tim webb and stephen beaumont your trusty copy. <laughs> it's actually my 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 trusty copy of the world okay. atlas of beer well, by tim webb and stephen beaumont what's what's yours is mine so our trusty copy of the world atlas of beer by Tim Webb and Stephen Beaumont. Big shout out, great book. Yeah, suggests that the movement is based on a dislike of large-scale brewing that produces similar beers. These beers are often accused of being bland and having quality ingredients sacrificed for profit. Everyone agree with that? I don't think Remy agrees with that. Um, no, no, I, I think it, in... I think in the reaction to, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it is a reaction to that. I think it makes sense. And I think if you want a testament to that, just listen to our Industrial Lagers episode. That is true. Yeah, but I, I think your argument, and obviously not take the words out of your mouth, Remy, is that, you know, what was it? The definition of it, it's an individual flavour or something, did you just say, that doesn't taste like others? Whereas Remy's argument would be that's kind of like saying socialism, everyone <laughs> works out well for everyone, which, you know, it's all, all right in principle, but in reality, they just end up coming out with all beers that taste the same, just not like industrial lagers. I have my reservations about the craft movement, and we can come on to those later. <laughs> Digging a little deeper, they suggest that craft is based on the microbrewing movement from the 1970s onwards, with the term defining non-industrials, but still large breweries with a focus on innovation. So, (laughs) the general rule of thumb is that industrials tend to focus on a few flavours within a wide range, whereas crafts tend to offer a wide range of flavours, but in a small range. I think as well, part of the problem was they had this kind of especially in the US this explosion of microbreweries and then it was kind of the microbreweries and industrials but what happens when a microbrewery becomes an industrial continues to be an independent company but starts supplying massive volume yeah exactly I think that's where their problem came and that's kind of how the term craft came out of America in a way so yeah so since the 1970s the majority of kind of taste changes and innovations have actually come from the craft sector so things like new zealand hops wild yeasts salera aging kind of attempts to revive forgotten styles i guess a lovely quote yeah from this book 
from this book that we are going to read now kind is... of sums up i think maybe yeah quote written in the front of the book dear remy please stop following <laughs> us leave us alone stop standing outside my house my dad actually bought me this book in 2017 it's honestly remy's most read book he keeps it off the bookshelf so that he can just constantly refer to it so yes the quote reads an industrial brewer aims to create acceptable beers at an impressive profit a craft brewer aims to create impressive beers at an acceptable profit yeah i think we said that in our episode on industrial lagers i think yeah they i think we should have copyrighted that they've clearly stolen that from us (laughs) (laughs) so is the key of craft the ability for the brewer to connect with the consumer and offer something that they can identify with what do you guys think yeah, I think there probably is a lot in that, in the sense that part of the issue here is not only the the industrials, the acu- accusation is they produce, you know, a load of similar bland beers, but also craft movement, it seems to seek more of a kind of personal connection with its drinkers. And I think that definitely plays a role in it. And obviously for small or relatively small brewers, that's kind of easy if it's on a local scale, you know, it's tangible. But people like Brewdog, you know, they're still technically, well, they are kind of classified in the UK as a craft brewer, I think. I'll double check it officially, but we'll go on to that. Yeah, I'd argue they were. But they're massive. So I don't know how they still maintain that other than their aggressive marketing, I guess. Painful social media presence. I was going to say, does anybody else seem to see a a Brewdog post on LinkedIn. Yeah, I literally get it all the time. every time I log in, yeah. there's a there's a brew dog thing on LinkedIn, and I'm like, God, it's really everywhere. Someone I know <laughs> literally likes every fucking post, and it always comes up in my news. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they they're everywhere. But I guess a lot of it would come down to the beginning points of craft. A lot of it is tap rooms and things like that. And if you find a tap room you like and you build up, you know, customer. Yeah, it's that social relationship kind of. Yeah. Do you think as well, because a tap room is often, especially in the smaller ones, is based where they brew it or in like the a quality shed is away. better. It's the quality is better. But also, do you think there's a, a sort of subconscious thing in that by the customer going somewhere? that isn't specifically designed for them to drink beer as such, it, like, allows them to buy into the whole process more. Yeah, like the big... You see the big... Um, I don't know what they're called, but the big the stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think it, there's an element of that. I think as well that a lot of people certainly is becoming more and more relevant and maybe more... Not about... I was going to say for our generation, but I think that's a bit harsh, actually. I think every generation... People want to support the independent now. Yeah. Um, not just in their kind of craft... But the thing is, the term craft has been kind of renewed by the craft beer industry. But now Mm. you can have craft everything. Obviously, you can have craft alcohol, craft gin, craft whiskeys, whatever it is. But you can have craft, you know, you can go out and buy a fucking craft saucepan these days. Mm. People have just hijacked this term craft. And I think you could almost, in, in people's minds, that term craft could take that word and replace it with independent. Almost, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. I'm not giving my money to Mr. Monopoly, being Mr. Heineken, Mr. Carlsberg, you know, whoever it is. I'm giving it to John, who has a little tap room down the road and he brews, you know, and he makes his own beer. And sometimes they taste like shit. Most of the time they taste quite good, but I'm helping him. And, you know, he's a nice bloke and he makes good, you know, I enjoy his company. And so I'd rather go and have a pint with him than in a Weatherspoons, basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I think probably ties into the kind of local pride situation. You know, like this is this beer is from where I'm from. And I think that works really well in the actual location. So 
to use a kind of example that's relevant for me, like Tiny Rebel in Cardiff. I know it's from Newport, but they have the tap room in Cardiff. I like going there, but then by the same breath, if I see that in England, I'm like, oh, it's Tiny Rebel. That's from where I'm from. I want to, I want to drink it. Support them. Yeah, I want to support it. I want to drink it. So it kind of, it works. It's like a home away from home sort of thing when they do start to get bigger and you do start to see them away from just where you're from. How do you think the sort of cloud waters, wild beers, brew dogs kind of an entirely other beast, I guess, the amount of volume it does kind of maintain that? Or do you think that they, because they developed this really great, especially with Cloudwater, I guess, because they're kind of like the flagship, aren't they? They've developed such an excellence that they, they've kind of earned that brand and then kind of it's risen off the back of that. Yeah, I think like you said, Brewdog is a whole different beast. You kind of have to talk about them separately, but almost in a way, Cloudwater aren't that far behind them, not on volume, but in turn, and, and they're probably, they're obviously not as well known to the average person because the average person probably knows about Brewdog more for kind of the share setup and things like mm. that than the actual beers. But anyone who's into their beer knows about Cloudwater because not only because they do some funky beers, but because their stuff is so seasonal. If it's out, they'll only release 10,000 cans, however much. And it's almost like a collector's item. Like, yeah. But not obviously not one to kind of be sat and not drunk it is something that people do drink. But you hear stories about people from the States because you can't really get it in America. Or, you, you, you know, it's very niche in America. But these kind of craft beer, you know, nutters are kind of like messaging people in the UK. Like, you know, send, I want six cans of this. People do trades across the Atlantic. I don't know if you know about that, Rem, or if you've read about that. I've heard about it. I read an article a couple of years ago about how people obviously wait outside breweries for like the newest release. A mm. bit like any kind of film or iPhone or whatever. Early adopters like, type yeah, thing. Yeah, who wait for these beers and then they'll get like two six packs or whatever and then they'll drink theirs but they'll say, oh, I've got three, you know, these neppers up for grabs. I really want a cloud water. They're related to these. I'm in America, I can't get it. And people are literally like shipping these beers across the Atlantic. It's crazy. Like to each other, like like almost like trading cards. Yeah. I do think that's one really good thing about Beer 52, the beers that you get to try that are from everywhere. everywhere. Mm. And, you know, it, I think for, I'm not sure how worldly Beer 52 is. It's quite worldly. As in like, what other countries can you actually do Beer 52 in? Oh, oh sorry. It's, it's in... UK only. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a similar scheme in a lot of places. I've had beers from there that I've really liked from you that have been from Australia and in i would never get the chance to try that another time mm. kind of like two halves to this craft movement in the, in the smaller people are still very much trading off that local connection that's not to say that any of their beers bad probably some of their beers very nice and then the kind of bigger boys who have already won their fans yeah the fans the fan base has kind of grown and that's great because they obviously do like good beer and bits and bobs like that but do you think some of it has also bled into a kind of off branch of the, the sort of hipster identity in the i i see it a little bit like like and this might sound ridiculous but a bit like music and as much as people might like listening to very popular music like and some people they just like pop music that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but most people think well pop music's okay and in you know in this kind of comparison pop music is industrial lagers so some people just like pop music industrial lager some people like the occasional listen to it but then they like to support local music or craft mm. beer and then some people like listening to like niche independent music because they like not just the the music but they like the idea that they're supporting independent music it's kind of a very similar vibe and i also think a very important part of it is 
a lot of people like to think that they're doing something that no one else is doing. Oh, 100%. So they're listening to music that nobody else is listening to. They're drinking a beer, you know. It's like, I was the first one to find that beer. I yeah. liked blah, you, blah, you've blah. You've probably never heard cool. of it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it tastes like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the kind of hipster thing is a bit synonymous with craft beer. Like, if you ask people to describe hipsters, they usually say something like, you know, a plaid shirt, uh, glasses, and they are either obsessed with coffee It's literally or beer. what I'm wearing, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I always, they always kind of make me think of, you know, on the, like, the Gypsy Hill cans? Yeah, yeah, those Lit- fellas. Literally the people on the Gypsy Hill cans, that's just what I assume. But which is ridiculous, because it's not like I've never been to a craft tap room before. Mm. And I quite like going to them, but I don't look like that. Yeah. To be clear, I don't think we're just... I don't think any of us are saying the entire craft beer movement's like that. I just think no, we're kind no, of no, touching on that there not. is a negative. But we side. are bashing hipsters. Yes, we are bashing. But hipsters. it's like it's like any group of anything. People, things, you know, there's going to be a kind of underlayer of something a bit different. So yeah, you know, the ninety percent of people who enjoy craft beer are like us and just enjoy it but there is always going to be that 10% of I wanted this to be just for me and it's kind of like a weird dichotomy is that the word they fucking don't know they want to be the only people who know about it but they want to tell you all about how they're the only people who know about it and it's the same with you know music art tv shows yeah beer all of it so it's kind of this weird I think dichotomy is the right word yeah I think so I really want to make sure that we're not like bashing a whole, well, the people who will probably listen to this podcast. The thing is, we're obviously not bashing the whole movement because we're, yeah, we're you part know, of kind it. of part of like the- Yeah, we're drinking it every week and, you know, making a pot about it. So, yeah. 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 Largely a good group of folks. Everyone's usually friendly in a tap room and stuff like that, aren't they? Generally a cool little industry. Well, um, yeah, I think about like the beer festivals and stuff like that. And they're so lovely and and you kind of have a part of all of it you know you have the people who are really there to try the thing that nobody's tried before and they'll queue for an hour just to get a half pint of it Mm. and then you get the people who are there because they like beer and they want to try a couple of different things and you know and they want to have a couple drinks with their mates and then you get the people who are there just because they want to piss up do you know i mean there's there's like all yeah covers all bases really Well, I'm just going to quickly go over some sort of more UK-specific definitions that we've got of craft. Because actually there is a scheme in the UK that helps people identify what is technically craft and what isn't. But a bit more background as well is that in the UK, probably camera was the first spearhead of the kind of anti-industrial lager bitter kind of thing. So it was like set up in 1971 by two journalists, I believe, who were reacting to the demise in traditional British beer. They gave a definite... Camera stands for? Campaign for Real Ale, doesn't it? Yeah, Campaign for Real Ale. Oh, because it's Cam. C-A-M. Okay, R-A. Camera. Camera. Yeah, so they kind of were the first people to react against the kind of industrialisation in the UK and they like fixed the definition of, of, of real ale, what they saw as traditional British beers being top fermented and conditioned in a broached cask. But at the time, I guess there were probably a few problems in that they froze that definition in 1971 when already a lot of the damage had been done. So whilst cameras obviously was a massive thing and it was a huge spearhead, we also see all the craft movements kind of sat on top of that. But I think camera was probably like the first organisation to kind of spearhead it. So in the UK, we actually have something called the UK Assured independent british craft brewer which is an award run by the society of independent brewers and essentially you apply uh, to be in that scheme as a brewer and then your your beer will have a little 
logo on it that accredits you as an independent craft brewer. And for a kind of definition, you have to be a member of the Society of Independent Brewers and you have to brew beers within their handbook, within the sort of outlines. But their general definition of a craft brewer is a truly independent brewer who is a sole trader, a partnership, a limited company or a public company, but is not a subsidiary of a larger firm with attendant or other subsidiary brewing interest. Okay, so you can be as big as you want, but you can't be part of a big organisation. Like, you can't be part of a group or a subsidiary of any big fucker. Yeah, which is kind of touched on kind of, I think, how we've, from the research we've done and the kind of, our kind of bits and bobs at the moment. I mean, you were kind of first set your stall up, Jim, earlier, and you said, you know, I think the big thing about it is they're independent. And I think that kind of chimes very well with this. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'd agree. Well, I said it, so of course I'd agree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what a great thing I said there. Yeah, just say it again, Rem. I, uh, <laughs> I'd like to hear it again, please. Uh, and then the aim of this kind of award is, you know, just to show that people can can clearly see what's truly independent craft. And who's what? Do you know anyone who's won this award? I've never heard of this award before. This isn't an award. It's like an accreditation. So this accreditation that you can get from the Society of Independent Brewers that shows that you can apply for to show whether your beer is truly craft or not. We're going to run through a quiz of breweries, and Jimmy and Mike are going to tell me if you think this brewery is accredited or not. To clarify, I mean, I guess you can probably be craft and not have this logo. I don't see why not. But this is kind of a standardisation in the UK that we've seen. So we'll run through these breweries, and we'll see where we get to, and we'll see who knows their craft from their potentially also craft, but not officially craft. Crap. <laughs> Don't I hate that phrase? <laughs> no. Okay, cool. So it's either yes or no for both of you, and I'll just run through the breweries, and we'll kind of go from there. We'll top the scores up at the end. So number one, Orbit Brewing Company. They're fairly well known. They're based in South London, but they do a cool. Maya disagrees. <laughs> oh, they don't do it. They don't call it cool. They do a, a clone-style beer that's quite popular. I bet I'm not going to know any of these. Well, you said they're quite well known, so I'm going to say yes. Okay, cool. I'm going to say no. Brewery number two, the Nelson Brewing Company, which Jim should know. <laughs> Their beer is awful, and it often appears at the George Inn Brewing the beer festival in certain festivals in Rochester. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. The Nelson Brewing Company. That doesn't ring a bell, if I'm being perfectly honest. It's terrible. Do you want to, do you want to go first on this one, Jeb? Yes, but okay. I don't know why. Okay, I'm going to say no to go point of difference. Okay. Bath Gem, or the Hair Brewery. So you see a lot of Bath Gem knocking about. Great brewery. I'll go no. Thing is, I, I, I'll go yes. I don't even know what the logo looks like, so I've got no idea. Okay. <laughs> you said it was a great brewery. Yeah, I mean the logo of the Seba thing. I know the Bath Gem. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm like picturing the bottle and like in my head there's not like a medal or a kind of a, a stamp. What about Cloudwater? Maya? Yes. Jim? Also yes. Tiny Rebel. Jim? Well, I mean, no. Okay. Maya? I'll go yes, just because they're my faves. Okay. Shepherd name? No. No. Uh, I'm going to go no. I think that's a trick question. I think it might be yes. Cool. Purity. Maya? Oh, I'm having a think. I don't really know. Uh, Yes. I'm going to say no. You didn't mention it when we obviously had an episode on purity. Not that that would have been top of the list. But Admittedly, I, d- I didn't fucking know about this award until now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, stick with my, I'll, st- I'll stick with my no. Harvey's. 
Quite a well-known brewery on the south coast. Yes. All I can think of is the Bristol Cream. <laughs> you never had Harvey's? I don't know. I, I think, think it so. maybe only really it's only regional, but it is quite nice. They do quite a nice best bitter. What about their cream? <laughs> I can't comment on Harvey's cream. Um, no. Okay, Adnams. Mm. Adnams. Why do I recognise that? Because it's everywhere. What Adnams Ghost Ship. Ghost, Ghost Ship. Mm. Broadside, Southwold Bitter. Surely that's too big. But then is it owned by anyone else? That's the question. I think it's a trick question, so I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go no, just to, for a bit of difference. Cool. And finally, Thinkston's. Mm, no. I'll say yes, just for a bit of difference. Because it literally could be anything. Okay, let me just tally up the scores and then I'll tell you. This was a bit of a pointless quiz, but I just thought it'd be a bit of fun. No. Maybe Literally pointless because you got everything wrong. Yeah. No, I think it's a good quiz. <laughs> I just didn't know any of them. Rem, did you know any of those out of interest? No, because I'd literally never heard of this fucking thing until I did this. Makes me feel a bit better. Yeah. I feel it's one of those things that really small independent craft breweries probably can't apply for it because they don't meet the criteria. So it's going to turn out yeah. that it's all like the because if it's any kind of accreditation like that we have to get at work if you actually want it you've already kind of got to have already have ticked all the boxes we can have the accreditation so yeah. therefore you can't actually have it if you're really small so the breweries i chose to do this on were fairly big just so people knew yeah. they were um but obviously I had some clangers <laughs> apart <on>. from maya <laughs> yeah i didn't i knew like four of them well maya you actually won what oh. you got six correct and jim got five <gasps> out of how many were there ten so i'll quickly run through it uh, Orbit is Nelson Brewing Company in Medway. That is as well. Bath Gem is not. It's actually owned by St. Orstall. So that's oh, why is it so, Oh, right. I didn't know that. Cloud Water is. Tiny Rebel isn't, but oh. I couldn't, in the limited time I had, work out why. Is it just an English thing? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's The UK Welsh based. refuse to get involved in anything to do with No, English no, because there were some breweries in Wales that had it. Oh, but okay. Tiny Rebel wasn't one. Don't know why. Uh, Shepherd Neem, no. But that's not because Shepherd Neem isn't independent. Just because they don't want it. Yeah, they are family owned still. Yeah. Purity was a yes. Harvey's was a no. Don't know why. Adnams was a yes. Yeah. And Feakston's was a no. So oh dear. What a riveting ride I've taken us all on there. I loved it. <laughs> I've learned a lot. Okay, so let's move on to the beer lover versus the beer hater. In this feature, I will get a beer. Maya does not know what this beer is, and she will try it. Jimmy will also try the same beer, but he will know what it is. And we'll see how they both fare. So hopefully we'll see the pros from Jim and the negatives from Maya, but maybe she might also like it. Also, I think you're, the, the, the negatives are a good input, because maybe they, they do need to change it. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe it does need sorting. And that's why I'm not going to show you the label or anything, obviously, so you have like no basic bias or anything like that. Okay. Are you cool. going to have so a glass, I, little glass of it I will too? have a tiny little bit of it as well. Because you're a pig. Because <laughs> I'm a pig. So you, you've both got the beers in front of you? I have my beer. Do you want to have a look, a smell, a taste, and then have some... Discussions? So it's quite yellow. Very pale. It's very pale. Yellow is probably the correct word, yeah? Yeah, it's quite yellow. It smells exotic. Okay. Is how I would describe the smell. Mm-hmm. It smells quite tropical to me. Again, I've said it before, like the tropical juice you get in a milk carton. It smells like that to me. It's on bongo, is it? Yeah. <laughs> 
Jimmy's has a lot bigger of a head than mine does. Mm, that's that's probably the, the bad paw, the one-handed paw paw. Yeah, very tropical. It's quite hazy as well. It's it's not massively clear. No, it's not very clear. Like, you cannot see anything through it. It's got a nice kind of straw colour to it. Remy's, what are you trying? Because you're clearly enjoying it. I'm trying what you're trying. I thought I'd give it a go. <laughs> I really like that. Do you really like it? Okay, Jim. Mm. Yeah, it's... um... Because it doesn't taste like beer. (laughs) No, it's like drinking fizzy juice. It's a bit bit lactic-y. It does have that kind of lactic... You know, sometimes you see them called like a fruit milkshake, whatever they call it, and I I never like that. It puts me off a bit because I don't want to think of milk when I'm having a beer. But it's it's kind of that lactic-y smoothness afterwards. Yeah, it's quite quite refreshing. I'll give it that. Do you know what? Honestly... This is the first beer outside of a lager or a pilsner during any of these episodes that we've had that I think I could drink multiple pints of. (laughs) Not just cans, pints. So what are we saying on the taste, both of you? It tastes like passion fruit. Okay, Jim. Good shout. Yeah, I think tropical fruity i mean i've obviously got the can sat in front of me so i i can read the tasting notes so i don't want to kind of say too much but yeah Mm. definitely tropical loads of fruit in it it literally does not taste like beer okay and okay on that note what is the best thing about this beer maya it doesn't taste like beer Yeah, I, I like my beer to taste a little bit like beer, I must admit. I'm on the verge of being like, is this even beer? Mm. It's the least beer-tasting beer I've ever had. Is it a lager? It's so fizzy. No, it's not a lager. It's not a lager. It's just come out of a can, that's all. Okay, and so my, what's the worst thing about this beer? I actually don't have any criticism. Okay, so the beer <laughs> hater loves it. We could actually have a role reversal here. Yeah, it. it's a bit fruity. Uh, Myers hit the nail on the head. Doesn't taste like beer, which um, for me yeah. doesn't do a lot for me. Mm. I think the best thing about it is it doesn't taste in any way hoppy. That's why. I, that's what makes me think like, is it even beer? Because I don't get any of that like hoppy taste that I hate at all. It does have hops in it. Also, does have yeast in it. To me, honestly, if you'd have poured this out and said it was like one of those fizzy. You know, like Caribbean twist. Mm. Yeah. If you'd have said this was a Caribbean oh, twist, it's come from a corner shop. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would honestly believe you. It's a. Okay. It's a can of K, whatever it's called. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So, Jim, what are you going to score this out of ten? Oh, out of ten. I think. I don't know. I, I don't want to be harsh and kind of just like you said, go the, go the complete role reversal. I'm not loving it. If it, it's the sort of thing, if I was just going to have this one. Absolutely fine, but I'm probably not going to be going back and queuing up for more of them. Yeah. I'd probably give it a six and a half out of ten. Okay, Maya, what about you? I really hope this is available in this country and not a beer 52 <laughs> thing that I'm never going to be able to drink again because I'm going to give it a ten. So it's the lo- the lover and the hater of the roles have reversed. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. Yeah. It's one for the books. <laughs> wow, what a time to be alive. I'm really shocked because in the middle of the week, I said to Remy, I was like, you can give me a beer I'll hate. I was like, you don't need to be nice to me. I was like, you can give me like a horrible beer. I was like, I don't mind. So I was coming into this expecting like a fucking... Misery. Milk, sour, cask thing. And here we are. We've had a first 10 out of 10. This is the first beer that's been rated 10 out of 10 on this podcast, actually. Yeah. 
And right yeah, so, buy me. So if anybody listening to this is an actual beer fan, don't buy this beer. I, I think. Rem, what did you think? I mean, I saw you wince and kind of squirm. I think wincing and squirming was probably an overreaction. I've nearly finished this. Have you ever seen me drink a beer so I quickly? think similar to you. <laughs> no, you usually lag. Yeah. Similar to you, I quite like my beer to be like quite malty. Well, maybe not similar to you all the way in that I, you like your beer to taste like beer. Yeah. I especially like my beer to taste like beer. You like it to be warm you, and flat. And... With, with some straw sticking out the top. Yeah. 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 So for me, it is very refreshing and it does taste of passion fruit like it says it would. In all fairness. Does what it says on the tin. Definitely does what it says on the tin. But yeah, I probably, I definitely don't and think I'd so want a pint of it. It's so passion fruity. Yeah. Tastes like I, a Rubicon. But I think it's well made. I'd have a pint of it and I think I'd enjoy it. But if you said you want another one, I think I'd swerve it. Can yeah. you tell me about like... I think it needs to be a hot day. For you saying else. it's well made, what makes it that? Well, I don't think it, it's not the kind of thing that I... I don't, I don't necessarily like this beer, but it's not disgusting. Does that make sense? It doesn't taste like shit. Can it doesn't I... taste like... They it's might gone... put that on the website. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Yeah, I'm going to tell you what it is. Is though. this Tiny Rebel? It is. I've served it to you in Tiny Rebel's own glass as yeah. well. So this is Electric Boogaloo by Tiny Rebel, which is a passion fruit New England IPA. Yeah. We are going to have to buy crates of this. <laughs> so what is it? What type of beer actually is it? It's, it's a, a New, New England e- IPA. So that's an IPA? It's a Nepa. The, yeah, I mean, this very much touches on what we said during the IPA episode in that is it an IPA? Is it an IPA anymore? I don't know. Do, do IPAs Could know you have transported this very heavily fruit, sugary beer to <laughs> India on a on a ship in the 1800s? I think not. <laughs> would it have survived the journey? And how would you have got those hops all the way from New England over to England to then turn into beer to then take to India? I, I, I beg to differ, sir. <laughs> I know that on this podcast, I literally spend my whole life like going on about Tiny Rebel and how much I love them. But this is absolutely fantastic. You like some of their beer. I like their cask IPA. I think that's very nice. And, and I like, like Cali, Cali, Pale. Pale. Cali Pale. So this is only 4.5%. So again, Jim, I don't think it would make it all the way to nah. Bombay or Mumbai. <laughs> Turn into sludge. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I thought that was quite a good turn up for the books. Yeah, Absolutely. Always good to make a new fan. Yeah. So to clarify, mm-hmm. this doesn't mean that I like Nepa. It means you like anything Tiny Rebel will make. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. Because even this if is... you don't know it's Tiny Rebel, you're just pre-programmed <laughs> to, love to like it. this stuff. Because I would say the majority of the a lot of their beers are. I love Tiny Rebel so much that even when you yeah. give it to me and don't tell me it's Tiny Rebel. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought that was really interesting. So now we'll round off with the beer review. This week we are going to review Wildcard Brewery's table beer. Wildcard Brewery was founded in 2012 in Walthamstow. And it moved to a bigger site in 2018, and then they have two tap rooms in Walthamstow. Uh, it's actually run by a couple of people from the Midlands, and the head brewer's got quite an interesting backstory. So she is an ex-chemical engineer. I think then she also went on to spend some time importing and trading chemicals, and now she is the head brewer at Wildcard. So it's quite a cool little backstory. Their core range, they have an IPA, which is 5.5%, a pale ale, which is 4.3%, a lager, which is 4.4%, and table beer, which is their lowest, at 2.7%. Table beer was actually awarded the champion at the Society of Independent Brewers keg competition in 2020 and supposedly it is packed full of tropical flavours. 
Well, I love anything tropical, so... <laughs> I think Maya's going to disagree with that after the last one, <laughs> because this is purely made of water, barley, wheat, oats, hops that and That isn't tropical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tastes like beer. How yeah. dare <laughs> Let's try this. But, bag. do you know what? It's quite nice. Okay, cheers everyone. Let's have a look. It's, yeah. It looks nice. It's, it's, it's a lot darker than the Boogaloo. I think it's a, it is darker, but it is a similar kind of composure Thickness. yeah like you can't see through it so this has sorry jim i just let me grab the can of kenji so this has no fruit in it no fruit no for fruit. something that has no fruit i think it's quite impressive and something that's such low alcohol percentage as well yeah Do you know what i could drink that all day my beef with it and it's not just a beef with this beer it's a beef with any low percentage beer is that it, they're very fizzy mm. I, I know you two have just opened yours i've been drinking mine throughout the show but um I've enjoyed mine progressively more. Are you laughing that I called it a show? A show. As soon as I said it, I kind of went. Can I say that? Clearly, the answer is no. I thought that was going to slip right under the radar. (laughs) No, I loved it. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I didn't mean to embarrass you. It's all right. My only issue with the beer, and it's not just an issue with this beer. It's kind of all low percentage beers. Is that they seem to be a lot more fizzy. They're a lot more bubbly, like you discovered when you opened it. They're very lively. They go all over the place. You get a big head off them. And I've actually enjoyed mine more as we've gone on because it's kind of settled down quite a lot mm. and it has kind of mellowed out a bit. But I, I think it tastes really good. I think for a low percentage, I think you can do a lot with a low percentage beer these days. I don't know how they manage it, basically, but it, um, it tastes really good. I don't mean this as a criticism because I actually quite like this beer, but I think it tastes quite watery but in a good way if that makes sense that seems to be whenever you reduce the alcohol you do get this kind of watery it's a bit like we were saying about the carlin you know we were like this this must be a a kind of an alcohol free beer because it's got this kind of watery like it's watered down texture like it's missing that kind of oomph at the back of your mouth Mm. no that's just carling apparently (laughs) but yeah i know exactly what you mean it's it's not a bad kind of yeah i'm I'm, yeah i'm not saying that as a as a criticism because i actually quite like this i quite like it i think it's um again i i'm kind of on the side of i wouldn't want i wouldn't want a load of it just because it's not the kind of thing i like necessarily but i do think it's quite nice and i swear i say this every episode now but it might be just because a lot of the beers we try quite like summery and fruity after like a game of five aside or a run or (laughs) something like that or a a quick quick game of tag or something Yeah. yeah or maybe a game of tag rugby try tag sponsor us anyone sponsor us <laughs> viagra for all your beer related dramas <laughs> brewers droop don't worry Here we've the got the solution podcast, we've got your back with viagra <laughs> use our voucher code Lagertops podcast for 10 percent off your first order <laughs> no i know exactly what you mean rem it, 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 it's refreshing it's nice and i actually not that i like disagreeing with you but i do i will disagree with you I could have a few pints of this because it has that, it's just beer enough that I. it's not as fruity as the Boogaloo. So I'd be quite happy sitting drinking a few pints of it, to be honest. Uh, again, it's it's low percentage, but there's a time and a place. Two years ago now, when it was England, New Zealand in the Rugby World Cup, obviously that game kicked off early. We booked a pub, a seat in a pub to go and watch it. And I think what was tick kickoff at half 10 or 11 a.m. And the, the bar were serving, but... I was like, oh, it's going to be a long old day because we'd kind of planned to go drink and rest day. 
and the um, the bar was serving small beers, table beer. You know, small beer that the you know the the brewery that only really make low percentage beers. They had that on draft, and I think theirs is like two percent or two point one percent. And I had about six pints of that during the game, and at the end of it, felt a bit merry, but generally fine. And it was really nice to have a load of beers. It'd be like one o'clock in the afternoon, not feel completely shit faced and go on about my day. But like, I've had a load of pints, feel quite good now. Like yeah. that was quite refreshing in a way. Yeah, mm. we talk a lot on this about session beers yeah. and like, you know, how a lot of beers are, se- are labelled a session beer, but you wouldn't actually want it on a session. Yeah, they're 5%. Yeah, they're like 5%. I mean, I guess it depends how long your session is. <laughs> Or, or what you want the outcome of the session to be. Because ultimately, yeah. sometimes people want to still work shit-faced at the end of a yeah. session. Yeah. But if I was like, yeah, in a park, drinking all day, I'd want this. Yeah, I think <laughs> in, a, in the same way that Remy's stories always end with game of football or, you know, team sport, <laughs> my stories always end with, if I was drinking in a park... <laughs> <laughs> I like wish this had been around when I was a teenager, yeah. so I wasn't drinking Lambrini. <laughs> Or warm Stella on a beach. Or warm Stella yeah. on a beach. But yeah, generally, so yeah, I think I'm a big fan. It's a little bit lemony, I think I've just decided. I think it is quite tropical. It's hard because obviously I've just had the Boogaloo, yeah. which is very, very tropical. But I think I had a nice little palate cleanse of some Ribena mm. and um, and I've come back to it and it is still tropical. Yeah. I mixed up my two glasses because they're very, they're very similar design and they're very similar. So... I just had a mouthful of Boogaloo, and it, that is, you go back to the Boogaloo, very tropical in comparison. <laughs> also, shout out for how good the, the art is on the can. I quite, yeah. I've, got lot, I've got a lot of time for that. That's quite also, cool. Also, I love these cans that have this, like, matte The feeling. The matte wraparound. Yeah. yeah the, the very, I just really The like lovely them. texture. Yeah. I, sorry, it's very ASMR. Very, very tactile. Oh, yeah. They have put the artist on the back, Jim, if you wanted to buy some of his work. Nah. What's There's this? your wedding gift from us. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned this once, so he bought you a massive canvas. <laughs> so, Jim, would you give this a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Give it a big thumbs up. I think the sad reality is, though, I know Maya touched on the Beer 52 thing the other day, which is where we've, we've got this lovely beer from. Mm. Pro- probably never going to drink this again. That's kind of all part of the fun, I suppose, but... I very much doubt I'm going to see this in a shop or yeah, I'm going to see it on not. draft unless I go looking for it, which I'm probably not going to do, if I'm being perfectly honest. Not anything wrong with the beer, just I'm not that bothered. Yeah, yeah, that's the issue with Beer 52. Like, I think it's so great, me and Remy and then Jimmy get the same box delivered, but you fall in love with the beer that's from, like, Melbourne. Like, that one I really liked, that juicy one. No, yeah, that was horrible. Realistically, never going to be able to drink that again. Yeah, I fell in love with it. I had one can. It was from a, a little brewery in Ireland. And obviously, they do sometimes have it on the website for a bit. But I tried to get it, and it was after they'd taken it off the website. And I, you just couldn't get it. it. I mean, it was only coming from Ireland, but they just weren't importing it into the UK. There was no UK stockists. And it's like, great, lovely beer. Never going to get to try that again. Mm. Oh, well, live and well, learn. To be fair, this one, I think you might be able to try. Um, yeah, at some it, it's point. fairly local. Yeah, it's fairly yeah, local it's to us. kind of local to us. But yeah, yeah, good beer. Thumbs, thumbs up from me. Maya, what about you? Yeah, massive thumbs up from me. Again, I think the reason I like it doesn't have a particularly hoppy taste. Quite tropical. Very easily drinkable. It's also quite fizzy. You know me. I'm the mm. complete opposite of you. Like something that is fizzy. So yeah, this kind of ticks all the boxes for me. Yeah. Would definitely drink again. 
Okay. Uh, it's a thumbs up from me as well. I'm most impressed by the fact that it hasn't actually got any fruit in it to get it ha- as fruity as they have got it. So yeah, I I definitely, as I say, after a nice nice warm sporting activity, I think it'd be lovely. <laughs> Would I have twelve pints of it? Probably not. But yeah. But if I, you I did, you might be all right at the end of it. Uh, yeah, but I might be all right at the end of it, and I, I do think it is very nice. So it's a thumbs up from me, and I think what they've done with the ingredients is quite impressive. So yeah, big up Wildcard Brewery, and big up the table beer. Yeah, I love it. 10 out of 10. You know my shit face? Yeah, love it. <laughs> you didn't even say this when we were completely battered me. during the industrial lager episode. <laughs> my, mine's just dishing out 10 out of 10s now. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> we've gone from zero to two. <laughs> After giving every beer we've ever tried, like, three. <laughs> no, I actually wouldn't give this a 10. I'd give this an eight. Okay. Cool. You you wouldn't put it up there on the pedestal with the electric boogaloo. It's no. not up there. Me and the electric boogaloo are going to be getting a room. <laughs> going to be Jeez. getting a boogaloo. <laughs> getting, getting a little kid's paddling pool, filling it with boogaloo and just <laughs> sliding round. <laughs> with a big straw, one of those hats with like, the glasses just into the water. I really wish this was a, a vlog or something just to see your little slide in. Thanks for listening to another episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one all about craft. If you enjoyed, please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate us. Also give us a follow over on Instagram. Our handle is at Logotops Podcast. Forward to seeing you there. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See ya.